In this episode, we're pretty much just making sure that the recording equipment is working again, so I'm just going to tell you about a couple concerts that I went to. I'm your host, Eric Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Checkmates, checkmates, checkmates. Where have I been, and why am I recording this on a Shure SM58 microphone rather than my professional studio-grade microphones that I normally use? There are answers to both of those questions, and they're not the same. I had some software issues. If you listen to the uploads in between episodes that I've been doing, the last one that I uploaded was me being frustrated, saying I've got software issues, I'm going to try to get something up. My software issues, I think, have been fixed. I think have been fixed. So we're doing this, and we're going to do what may be a slightly short episode, just because I, I, I need to make sure, <laughs> basically. I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just going to kind of do one, and hopefully it works. And assuming this episode works, then we're back on the right foot. The next episode will be normal length and all that, and it's fine. But yeah, I've been having some, some, just some software problems. Haven't been able to record the show. That's that's the long and short of that. The reason I'm on a different microphone that some of you are going to notice. I don't like if you're one of me, you're going to notice. If you're anybody else, uh, no way. There's no way you'll ever you'll ever tell the difference. But if you're me or someone like me, you can tell that there's a different microphone in play right now. Uh, I'm using it because my other microphones are set up to record vocal tracks in a different room. That's the long and short of that. I'm working on some new music. I'm working on some new music. It's not going to be ready soon, I don't think, but I do need to get some vocal tracks down, and they're just set up in a different room. So I'm on a Shure SM58. That is not designed for podcasting. Well, I mean, it's designed for limitless things, but, like, I got this microphone in the 1990s. They did not have podcasting in mind, so I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm using this in kind of a different application than it's used to. It's used to being the vocal mic in a rock band. It's been a trusty mic for me forever. It's a Shure SM58. It's the standard of microphones. It's great for vocals. It's great for speaking. It's, you know, it'll, it's, it's fine for the show. I have noticed that it's uh, picking up a little bit of extra noise. Like if I, if I like tap on the, on the table that I'm at here, that's really loud. Uh, just the the through the stand into the microphone. That's just really loud. So sorry if there's extra little noises like that. Uh, I, I will try to I will try to keep the volume of my hands in mind. Uh, but yeah, just the the other microphones that compensate for that kind of thing are just in a different room right now. So we're doing this. So it's a weird one. It's a weird one here. Uh, what isn't weird is that I've got some websites to tell you about. I don't think that's weird. Anyway, there are some websites that you can go to if you're interested in learning more about the show or finding more stuff and things like that. Uh, in fact, by the time you hear this, I will have done an upload to the blog that uh, will have the links to a couple of uh, book reviews that I did from my cell phone that I didn't, you know, uh, that aren't formally episodes, but they were 
long enough and worthy of an upload, so I'll, I'll, do, a, I'll do a post on that eventually, uh, by the time you hear this. Uh, websites. Sorry, been a couple weeks. I don't know how to do the show anymore. Uh, websites. If you like the show and with the quality that you're getting right now, who could possibly not like the show? Go on over to emptychecking.blogspot.com. There's lots of stuff to read and click on there and pictures of stuff and whatnot. Maybe I'll put up a picture of the microphone that I'm speaking into right now. It has been through the ringer. It's all dented and things, uh, which I think just makes it cooler. Uh, yeah, emptychecking.blogspot.com for that kind of stuff. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. It's available on all of the podcast apps, including the one that you're listening to it on now. If it's not on your app of choice, let me know. That means somebody changed their rules and I didn't know about it. I'll get it back there. If you want to know more about me and and particularly about my music career, go over to derekbrink.com, which is badly in need of an update, uh, and you can click on stuff there. If you like the music that you hear throughout the show, including the title song, which is called Bite the Habanero, and is a single that I put out several years ago. You can download it all for absolutely free over at derekbrink.bandcamp.com. I don't collect your email address. I won't even know that you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. All you do is put in zero as your purchase price. At least for now, I understood Bandcamp uh, has changed ownership, and some people are mad, so we'll see if it keeps being the ideal place to host my stuff. But for now... Uh, and hopefully for years to come. It's over at Bandcamp. I haven't been unhappy. Some very famous people are unhappy, but I've been perfectly happy with it. Uh, if you want to email the show, talk to me about whatever your feelings are on the stuff that I'm talking about, you can do that at uh, db at derekbrink.com. Those are my initials, db at derekbrink.com. And I reply to everybody who isn't mean to me in their emails. So there's a good chance you'll get a response. Uh, so those are, those are the websites. I, uh, apart from the audio issues and whatnot, it's been kind of a weird week. I, uh, it's, I've just been, I've, I've been busy, you know, uh, doing a lot of stuff. And, uh, this past Tuesday, I think this episode's going to be uploaded on a Tuesday. So not that Tuesday, but the one before it, uh, that Tuesday, I, uh, there was a bad storm that came through town that like not tornado storm, but a lot of hail. A lot of people got a ton of hail and there was a lot of lightning and uh, I was laying in bed and kept getting, you know, woken up by lightning. Is woken a word? Lightning kept waking me up, let's say that. And I, uh, I just, I, you know, every now and again, I just had a really bad night's sleep. And there was one particularly loud one that my first thought was, wow, that was close. You know, because it just like shook me out of bed almost. And I was, wow, that was close. And then I heard like another sound, like kind of a scraping sound or whatever which I thought was just the cats freaking out and running around and, like, knocking something over or whatever. And I went back to sleep, and then there was more lightning, and I kept waking up. That's just how it went. Turned out not to be the cats. Uh, What happened was a, I think, lightning hit the tree out in front of the house, and a branch fell and landed on the roof. And it was a sizable branch. It was, I mean, taller than me with multiple offshoots off of it and whatnot, and it's just laying on the roof. So I had to address that. I had my brother come over, you know, your Papa Dave from the Fab 15. I uh, had uh, had Dave come over, and uh, I, I he didn't, you know, have to do anything. I just wanted somebody to be standing in the yard in case I fell off the roof. You know, they could call 911. So he came over just to make sure that there was someone there to call 911. And I went up a ladder, got on the roof, tossed down some debris, got to the branch. And, like, I thought it was two different branches at first. And then I got there and went, no, this is, 
all continuous. This is one really big branch. And I had to kind of figure out what I was going to do with it because it wasn't easy to maneuver, as you can imagine. And I kept saying to Dave, well, I just, I don't know. I, I need to get it off the roof, but I need to think about this because I don't want to break a window. And he said, you're not going to break a window. Yeah, famous last words, usually, out of <laughs> either me or Dave. Nah, that's not going to happen. Uh, but uh, I, I tossed it, and I didn't break a window, and you know, it landed on the ground. I said, I didn't break a window or anything, did it? He said, no, you're good. And I said, okay. And I climbed down the ladder, and I got out to the front yard. I came within an inch of the window. So that's, uh, he, he was right. I didn't break a window, but it got within an inch. Like, one more little bounce, and I would have had to replace a window. That's how... That's how uh, that kind of thing works, and that was uh, a scary, heavy, scary big branch, and I spent all d afternoon that day just chopping it up and getting it into trash cans, and I filled two trash cans with it. Uh, call me Sam and get me a bowl of Fruit Loops, because I filled two cans. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that one. I'm not proud of that joke. Um, <clears throat> two can Sam is the joke. Um... I, uh, <laughs> I filled a couple of trash cans with it. Hurt my back pretty bad. Been walking around kind of stooped over all day as a result of that. It's a problem with having back problems. You, like, normal stuff just lays you out for a while. So, dealing with that a little bit. Just extra ibuprofen is the main thing I'm doing with it. Hot showers, that kind of thing. But, you know, it's not so bad that I can't walk, but it's so bad I would rather not. You know, <laughs> so that's that's sort of where we are with the old uh, with the old back and the tree that fell. So that was a that was a interesting little wrinkle in my week, you know. And apart from that, I've just been busy, and we'll get into some of how I've been busy in a little bit. Uh, in the interim, by the way, when I wasn't doing the show for a little bit because I was waiting for my audio files or audio problem to get fixed, audio files. I don't know why I said audio files. Well, I was waiting for my audio problem to get fixed, my issues to resolve and whatnot, which eventually customer service got to me and helped me, and it was a fairly simple fix. So, of course it was, you know? Like, it took all of, all of like, 30 seconds for me to go, oh, I need to do that? Okay, well, fine, now it works, you know? <laughs> so, And I'm watching it as I'm talking, and the sound wave looks great. So, you know. Anyway, uh, while I was... Struggling with that, I did a couple of book reviews just on my phone that I just uploaded to the site, and they weren't official episodes or anything like that, but if you don't follow along on a podcast app, you might miss out on those if all you do is go to the blog, because I don't always put up a blog post about them, but I'm going to put uh, a post up before this goes up of my two book reports that I, uh, that I uploaded uh, independently, just sort of from my phone, just talking into the microphone on my phone and whatnot and uploaded them. I'll put links to those on on the uh, on the on the site. I'll put a I'll put a post up over at emptytracking.blogspot.com. But I had fun talking about those, and just really briefly, the books that I talked about were uh, Raymond Chandler's *The Big Sleep*, and the short version of my review of that is I is really well written. I really enjoyed the mystery. I enjoyed the way that he used language, but uh, it was written in the 1930s and. Boy, people in the 1930s hated gay people, and that's just all over that book. And a little bit of racism, too, and sexism, like the women are just props. But I also understand why it's considered a classic, because the story is really well told. 
there's unfortunate stuff about it, but the story is really well told. So that's, that's my short version on The Big Sleep. And uh, the other book that I talked about was The Princess Bride, and I talked a little bit about the movie, too. The Princess Bride is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. You might not know that. I didn't until I just stumbled into the information and wondered, well, why, why haven't we been talking about that all year? You know, so, <laughs> so I decided I was going to reread the book. And uh, I went out. I couldn't find my old copy. I don't know what happened to it. Possibly it walked off with a prior roommate or friend or I loaned it to somebody or something like that. I'm not accusing anybody of theft. I just think it ended up in somebody's hands and I don't remember whose, you know. Um, or when boxes were being packed by a former roommate, it might have just ended up in, I mean, you know, that happens. I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody if that's what happened. Uh, just saying, it's not here anymore. <laughs> so I had to go out and buy a new copy. And I bought a new copy, and I don't like the cover that I got, but uh, I do enjoy the text still. The text works. The cover I, I could take or leave, but the text works. Um, you know The Princess Bride. You've at least seen the movie. The book, you would be surprised to learn, is better. Uh, and I've been enjoying reading through it. It's been a wonderful kind of journey. Because I, I, I first read through that book, I think, in a high school class. I remember reading it out loud in a high school class, just a little bit at a time. And uh, I, I, I think it might have even been an abridged version or something like that. Like, I remember at the time not knowing that there had been a book first. Because there was a thing that happened in the 80s and 90s, it may still happen today, I don't know, where people would do novelizations of movies, which basically means, the one that, this is so absurd, the one that I know I read as a kid that was in my house and in my hands was the novelization of Ghost Dad, a Bill Cosby movie. You know, back before we knew that Bill Cosby is a terrible person. Um, I, I, I remember having that, and... Like, all that happened was the movie came out, somebody watched the movie, and briefly wrote out a, a novel version of it. That's, that's all it was. That's, that's what novelizations were. It was like, they do like a 200-page, you know, treatment of a movie that you've seen for kids, basically. And, uh, or at least that was written for kids at the time. I don't know if they're all for kids or not. Whatever. You get the idea. So I thought that's what was happening with The Princess Bride the first time I read it. I thought we were reading the novelization, and I was like, wow, this took a lot of liberties, <laughs> you know? And then, you know, find out over time, oh, the book was first, and the movie edited out a bunch of stuff and changed a bunch of stuff. Uh, although William Goldman, who wrote the book, was still, uh, or I, I should say who edited the book from S. Morgenstern's original, uh, for those of you who know what I'm talking about. Uh, William Goldman was involved in the movie, too, so it's, I, I got no problem with any of the changes there. But I, I, I really loved the book, and I'm rereading it now for the first time in many years, and really enjoying it, and uh, I just wanted to say that. So, like, it's the 50th anniversary of The Princess Bride. Read the book or watch the movie if you, if you don't have time or can't read the book for whatever reason. Like, it's, it's great. It's great. We all love it. It's got comedy. It's got action. It's got romance. It's got drama. It's got intrigue. It's got a mystery, kind of. Uh, it's, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got Andre the Giant in it, Mandy Patinkin, and the guy who uh, uh, plays uh, Humperdinck is someone. He used to be married to Susan Sarandon, I think, because I think his last name is Sarandon. There we go. 
anyway, it's a great book, great movie, really love it, and uh, that was, I, 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 I feel like I'm just repeating my review that I uploaded the other week. So I just wanted to mention those two books because I, I just wanted them in a formal episode, <laughs> like in an ep actual episode. I want to put pictures on the blog, so there, I've done it. You know, uh, but we've got some other stuff to talk about. I want to talk to you about a couple of concerts that I've been to here in the last uh, roughly week and a half. I mean, just to two weeks, just right on top of each other. I went to two really awesome concerts, and that's going to be fun to talk about. And uh, so let's uh, let's do that. Let's talk about some cool concerts that I went to. Remember the hallway where I told you how I felt And when I walked down it since it's felt like walking through hell Just to see you in a picture So yeah, I went to a couple of really cool concerts recently Just right on top of each other Like less than a week apart In fact, I think like two days apart <laughs> I went to see two different really cool acts Three different really cool acts, really but, uh, I, I, well, well, we're going to, uh, there were two events, so we're going to focus on them as two separate events. The first one that I went to was, I went and saw Ringo and his all-star band at the fabulous Fox Theater here in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, wonderful show, a lot of fun. Went with uh, several members of the family and a uh, friend of one of the members of the family. Um, the, the, the bummer of that is my dad wasn't able to make it. My dad was supposed to go with us and was, uh, unable to attend. And we're not going to go into detail about why, because, uh, I don't know if he is happy with me discussing things, uh, <laughs> on the, on the podcast. Uh, I didn't even clear with him that I was going to say they didn't go to the concert, but he didn't. And uh, he's 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 fine. Nobody like freak out. He's not like hospitalized or anything. But anyway, he didn't go to the show. So uh, uh, a friend of uh, his significant other's, uh, Susan, went in his stead. But uh, we we had a good time. We uh, my brother and his daughter Tessa went, and as the other two were Susan and her friend. Um, and then there was me. I was also there. Uh, it was a really good time. Ringo has been doing the all-star band thing for just shy of forever. Like, he got out of the Beatles and started the all-star band, I think. And what that is is he uh, he goes out and tours a handful of songs that he's had a hand in, a couple Beatles songs, a number of uh, his solo songs, and then he builds a band around him of the other famous people. Therefore, it's an all-star band. Now, I had seen Ringo before in the 90s, mid-90s, thereabout, and uh, I, uh, I, I didn't appreciate it the right way. It was a 4th of July-type concert. It was downtown St. Louis underneath the arch, and it was a free show, so that was that's, that's the right price. Uh, but he... Uh, you know, I, I, I was at an age and of a mindset at that time that I didn't really care about the Beatles, you know? Like, it took me a long time before I, like, got seriously into the Beatles. I mean, I certainly knew the Beatles. I was aware of them. I, there were songs I liked a lot. Always been a big Sgt. Pepper guy. But uh, I, I just, the Beatles were not then what they are to me now. So I was kind of going in with the wrong mindset. I was kind of, ah, all right, Ringo, he's 
at that time, he was my least favorite Beatle, and, you know, who, whatever, he's going to do a couple of songs I know and a bunch of songs I won't, and then there's going to be the other people there. The thing that I was excited about was that his bass player at the time was uh, John Entwistle from The Who, and that was cool that John Entwistle was there, despite the fact that he sang Boris the Spider, which is one of the dumbest songs in the world. Sorry, Ox, but I'm right. Boris the Spider is one of the dumbest songs in the world. Um... And also on uh, guitar was uh, Randy Bachman from Bachman Turner Overdrive. He always has lineups that are just a mystery. Like, why Why is that what happened? And the answer is usually because that's who was available, you know. But, you know, whatever. In the band this year was uh, kind of an interesting lineup once again. You had Steve Luthaker, Colin Hay, Edgar Winter, which is really out of left field, uh, Warren Hamm, Hamish Stewart, and uh, Greg Basante. Um, of that group, that represents the Edgar Winter Band, obviously, but also Toto and uh, Men at Work and Average White Band. And I think that got everybody. Um, th- th- that's an interesting lineup, and every time you look at who is going to be in Ringo's band, you go, well, how is that even going to work? Like, how's that going to sound? And the answer is pretty damn good, because the lead guitar was consistently Steve, Steve Luthaker's tone, known from Toto. Hard for me to say his name, Steve Luthaker. Uh, and the keys sound was consistently Edgar Winter, and you just, I mean, it just, you kind of get a blend that works, and you have your couple lead instruments out front that are kind of guiding the whole, you know, steering the ship, if you will, and it kind of... It, it it blends, it works, when you have lead instruments that are very strong, like that. Um, a lot of fun. I'm not a huge fan of uh, Edgar Winter, I'll be honest with you about that, but he was uh, pretty entertaining that night. Uh, if you don't know what a Ringo and the All-Star Band show is like, I guess I should clarify that. Ringo comes out and sings a couple of songs, you know, from behind a microphone at the front of the stage, And then he goes back and plays drums, and the members of his band do songs that they wrote, you know? And that's kind of how it goes, and he comes back out and does additional songs and that kind of stuff. And at some points during the show, he just goes away entirely and just hands it over to the band. It's, uh, that's sort of what it's like. Edgar Winter got, uh, three songs, and, uh, let's see, what were they? Uh, there was The Frankenstein, there was, uh, uh, Free Ride, and a cover of Johnny Be Good. Uh, so that's, that was, uh, that was what we had to deal with, with Edgar Winter, who also talked a lot in between songs when he was given the microphone. Uh, he just felt the need to introduce everybody and tell you about the songs and tell you what was going on and make jokes and things. And it was, uh, look, it was entertaining, but it was kind of, all right, dial it back. It's Ringo's band. You know, <laughs> that's kind of how I ended up feeling about it. But that said, uh, Freeride, absolute banger. Love that song. And it was cool to hear him do it. Actually, again, I've seen him before. It was cool to hear him do it again, and he does it, you know, the band did it really well, and he sounds about the same. And, uh, you know, Frankenstein's always an experience in and of itself. Uh, Could have done without the cover of Johnny B. Good, to be honest with you, just because I live in St. Louis and I'm tired of fucking Johnny B. Good. Uh, But otherwise, his stuff was good. Uh, The Toto songs were uh, uh, Roxana and uh, Africa, and I am missing one, and I don't know what it is. Uh, The Average White Band songs, I'm not familiar with Average White Band, couldn't tell you. 
uh, Minute Work, there was Land Down Under, there was uh, 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 Who Can It Be Now, and there was the other Minute Work song that I can I can never remember the name of, but it was also on MTV occasionally. Uh, it, it, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the Ringo stuff was, he did, you know, the Beatles songs that you would expect, including with a little help from my friend, that was your big, you know, show closer. And he did his songs, uh, Photograph, uh, Don't Come Easy, uh, uh, Back Off Boogaloo, I believe he did. I'm looking at the back of his uh, Best of Ringo, the Photograph, the very Best of Ringo CD, and I'm trying to remember what all off of here he did. Uh, I was disappointed that he did not do the No-No song. I would have loved to hear the No-No song. Uh, I feel like I'm missing a few. Uh, he did act naturally. I remember that. He did act naturally. I think, at least I, I, in my brain, he did act naturally. But it, it, somebody correct me if he isn't doing act naturally on this tour, but I think he did act naturally. Um, and I feel like I'm missing a couple. I've got to be missing a couple. But it, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, cool to be there with different generations of the family and see my, uh, my teenage niece who was gotten super into the Beatles in recent years. Cool to see her have that experience. But I also had my own, like, experience with it, you know? And bought the tie-dyed t-shirt to go with it. The photos of that on the blog. Uh, my experience was, like I said, I saw Ringo in the 90s and kind of didn't appreciate it the right way, you know? It was kind of, ah, it's cool that he's playing with John Entwistle, but I don't really give a shit about, you know, the the rest of this, you know? And Oh, okay, good to hear taking care of business again, Randy Bachman. Thanks for that. But, you know, do little help from my friends, and that's the song that I know Ringo sings on. And, you know, Yellow Submarine, Octopus's Garden, etc. You know, just uh, was kind of checked out that day, other than cool to see the guys I know doing the stuff they're doing, but otherwise, eh, you know, it's a free show, it's fine, you know. That's where I was in the 90s. Uh, time has passed, a good couple of decades have passed, and it turns out that uh, once you are at a point where you appreciate the Beatles, and you like the Beatles, and you really respect the Beatles, it's just so fucking cool to see Ringo play the drums. You know? Like, I, I, you, I, I got to watch a Beatle play the drums. I got to watch the Beatle that played the drums on the Beatles records that I love play the drums for a little while. That's just so fucking cool, you know? And I didn't appreciate it when I was a kid, but I appreciate it now, and that was a that was a really wonderful experience for me just as a as a music guy and as a Beatles guy that I am now. That was uh that was very fulfilling for me. Had a lot of fun doing that. Drank some uh I'm going to call them wine coolers because uh I didn't know that that's what I was getting, but like I asked if they could make me a Manhattan at the bar and they said I don't have the good stuff. I could make you like a uh, whiskey and vermouth, but otherwise, you know, that's that's as close as I can get here. Sorry. I said, okay, well, I saw you had like a black cherry wine listed. Give me that. And she said, okay, and pulled out a can. I'm like, huh. And uh, she said, would you like it in the can or in a glass? I said, I would feel better if it were in a glass. And <laughs> she said, okay, and poured it into a glass for me. And uh, I kind of was going, oh, great, I'm, I'm drinking a wine cooler. It's 1986, and I'm drinking a wine cooler, <laughs> or whatever, 1990-something, probably. I don't remember when wine coolers were. Wine coolers were in that area where I wasn't uh, old enough or cool enough to drink yet, uh, and then, like, they were kind of gone. But I guess they're not gone. I guess they've just sort of changed forms. Uh, but I was kind of going, oh, great, it's, here's a wine cooler. It's great to be a, a teenager in the 90s. And uh, I took a drink of it, 
and it was really nice. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I kind of want to buy some. Uh, I don't remember what it is other than black cherry, and it was in a can. If anybody knows what that is, what they're serving at the Fox, uh, tell me, because I would like to get some of that and enjoy that again, because that was really, uh, really refreshing and nice. Problem was, I, I drank it too fast. I had two of them, and it was the same one. And, uh, like, nothing for percentage of alcohol, so nobody worry. But uh, I, I had two of them, and I drank them really fast because it was easy to do, because, like, this is a fruit drink, you know. Like, that's the danger sometimes of a, of a sweeter wine, is you kind of, like, it's a fruit drink, and then suddenly you can't remember how you got into the uh, house that you're in. And it's not your house, uh, but you've woken up, and uh, there are parts of your, like, well, what you had in your pockets isn't there anymore. There are parts of your memory just gone forever, and I'm not talking about your memory of the night before, like you no longer remember your social security number. Like, that's, uh, wine sneaks up on you in that way. So it, it may be best that I don't find out what that is, but if anybody knows, I would like to try it again. <laughs> and uh, uh, responsibly, like I said, it was like nothing in, in ABV, so, you know, I'm not that worried about it. I have to drink like, I have to drink like eight of them to, <laughs> to really, you know, feel anything, but... Uh, it was very refreshing and nice, and I enjoyed that. Uh, and like I said, I bought a shirt, bought a, uh, a tie-dye shirt that has a peace sign made out of stars and says, uh, peace and love, Ringo, on it. And uh, that made me happy to have. It was one of those things, I went in not knowing if I was going to buy a t-shirt, because it's been kind of an expensive time in my life. We'll get into that in another episode, probably. But it's been kind of an expensive time. I've, I've blown a lot of money recently, and I knew I had a show coming up the next in the next like couple of days, and I uh, thought, I, I, don't, I don't really need a Ringo shirt. And then, you know, kind of got into the experience of it and the fun of it and the beautiful venue at the Fox Theater and just went, ah, I need to buy a Ringo shirt. And I bought the tie-dye one, you know, because I like tie-dye. Pictures of that on the blog. Pictures of whatever I can think of on the blog. I'll put a picture of the best of Ringo CD on the blog just so you have something to look at. That's, that's what the blog is for. It's part of what the blog is for. But, uh, no, I had a really good time watching Ringo and the All-Star Band. Nice to hear some Toto songs other than Africa, you know. Nice to hear Men at Work at all, you know. Like, it's been a while since I've heard Men at Work, so that, that was kind of cool. And even enjoyed the uh, uh, Edgar Winter stuff. And uh, the average white band stuff, like I said, I'm just completely unfamiliar. But, honestly, not, not really a bad primer on late 70s, early 80s rock that you got that night with that particular lineup, it was pretty entertaining and pretty, you know, pretty, uh, like, like I said, the, I'm not familiar with the, the average, average white band stuff, but otherwise I knew every song, you know, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, and other stuff happened as well that night, but none of it's that interesting for a podcast or that, uh, you know, mentionable, I guess, on a podcast in some cases. But, uh, had a, yeah, just had a really good night at the Fox watching Ringo. So that was... That was uh, concert one of my uh, two concerts back-to-back, -back because I believe we saw Ringo on a Saturday, and then on the following Tuesday, Dave and I <laughs> went to another concert, and this time it was just the two of us. Uh, the concert that we went to on the uh, Tuesday night, the same night that the tree branch fell on my fucking roof, uh, on, on Tuesday night, uh, in town was Squeeze and the Psychedelic Furs, and that's a pretty cool double act. Uh, you you couldn't get farther apart on the spectrum of uh, 
sort of post-punk new wave acts that both of whom who have have you know both bands have outgrown those titles they're now just rock bands but even by the category of putting them both into rock you couldn't get much farther apart on the and still have the bell make sense but they're they're kind of they're kind of different sides of the same coin uh but like one side's a little bit darker and rustier uh, the other side is a lot more sparkly and, and, and clean. And the darker side is the furs. The sparkly part is, is squeeze, you know? Um, now, they played at uh, the Stifle Theater, which is another beautiful venue that we have here in St. Louis. Those who have moved away from St. Louis might recognize it as the old Keel Opera House. Uh, but the Stifle, uh, I was actually surprised that that was going to be the venue for it because the last several times that Squeeze has played here, they've played the Pageant, which is about a 2,000-seat... It doesn't know if it's a bar, a theater, or a club, and I don't like it there. But it's about 2,000 people can cram into the pageant when they you know, oversell it, because really 1,500 people can fit in. But when they take out the seats, they can cram in 2,000 and uh, pretend that everybody's fine and no one's getting COVID. Uh, I, I really don't like the pageant, but everybody I like goes there. But they're, they're capacity of 2,000. Uh, the Stifle Theater is capacity 3,100, so that's another 1,100 people. And I kind of thought, well, that's interesting, because Squeeze doesn't sell out the pageant, you know, and what's the furs draw? Is it, does it kind of make up the difference there? Or, And I'll tell you this, I don't know what the draw of the two different bands is, but that place was pretty packed. They got pretty close to the, I don't think it was sold out, but they got pretty close to the 3,100 in there. There were people in the balcony, and the floor was nice and full, and... I mean, they got close. It, it was a really respectable audience, really respectably sized. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I went in, like, I, I found out that they were touring together. Actually, let me correct that. I found out that Squeeze was coming to St. Louis and texted my brother and was like, hey, Squeeze and the Psychedelic Furs, you want to go to that? You know, it's at the Stifle in, in uh, September, late September. And, yeah, he was like, yeah, I, I, of course, let's go to that, you know, and uh, I bought the tickets and, uh, you know, got as close as I could for the money I was willing to spend and, <laughs> you know, all that and uh, and was excited about it. I wasn't that familiar with the psychedelic furs, but when I decided that I was going to go to this show, I decided to familiarize myself with the furs and I picked up their best of, which is a two disc with plenty of stuff on it. And it's a really good listen. Uh, and I also picked up their album from 2020 called Made of Rain which I absolutely adore. I love the 2020 album Made of Rain. It was recorded here in St. Louis, which is kind of interesting for a British band, you know. Uh, but it was recorded here in St. Louis, and that got my attention. And I like the title, Made of Rain. Like, that just that's an interesting word picture just in and of itself. So I picked that up and started listening to it and went, wow, this is really great. You know, and I was familiar with a couple of psychedelic first song. I mean, everybody knows that Pretty in Pink. You know, that's they're... An 80s band. If you were listening to music in the 80s, eventually you heard a psychedelic first song, and it was probably pretty in pink. Uh, there are others, but that's the one most of, most folks are going to know. I almost said most of you. I don't know what most of you know, but that's what most folks are going to know is pretty in pink. Uh, movie of the same name, named after the song. So that's kind of, you know. Uh, but I went in not knowing much about the furs, so I picked up the best of and picked up Made of Rain. Really fell in love with Made of Rain. That should have been in my top 10 for 2020. So uh, look in my archives, either on this uh, podcast, on emptychecking.blogspot.com, 
if I said that right, and I feel like I didn't, but I might have. Uh, check out, you know, there, or check out uh, WordPress.com. Check out my 2020 best of list, and shuffle shit around until you can get made a rain in there. Uh, definitely belonged on my top 10 for that year. Not 15, top 10. It was a really good album. I really liked it a lot. And, you know, listening to the best of is a lot of fun, and you kind of go, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that song, and, you know, getting into it and stuff. And Psychedelic Furs was the first band on, and they were great. They had such a cool stage presence, because they're not, they're not a goth act. They're not like The Damned or whatever, but they sort of have that look. They sort of have a gothy look to them, and they just present a really cool stage act. Like, they they have a guy on stage playing soprano saxophone, but that guy's dressed like Lemmy from Motorhead. Like, <laughs> that's, you know, and it works. They all pull it off. I think you have to be British to pull off that look, and they all do it very well. And, uh, like, the main two guys are brothers who sort of founded the band, and they're the ones who are still the originals. And uh, they collectively look like uh, uh, Barry Humphreys in Shock Treatment, and the Twelfth Doctor from Doctor Who. And, and so it's, it was just kind of an interesting visual, you know, thing for me. And we were sitting on the side where the the bass player, one of the two brothers, was. And the singer kept wandering over and, you know, yelling lyrics at us. And it was a lot of fun, the, sort of that post-punky thing that happens. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I loved hearing the uh, Made of Rain songs live especially, which they did quite a few of. And I was sort of... That struck me. That 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 I thought that was really cool. That they could easily just coast by on their, you know, their hits or their best of or their better known songs. But they threw in quite a bit of the new album. Well, newest album, I should say. And I was happy about that. And like Pretty in Pink, their best known song was in the middle of their set. They just yeah no we're, we've got other things other than that, but we're gonna toss it in in the middle. And I really respected that. It was really cool. Walked away with a T-shirt from that as well. Uh, from the the furs and uh, which I at the time that I bought it I didn't know it but it uh, turns out it's a V neck. I don't wear a lot of V necks but it's it's uh it is one it's a V neck so I'm rocking a V neck psychedelic fur shirt. It's fine I wear undershirts so I'm not like you know giving away the farm but uh, <laughs> you know uh, but it just I, I might have gone with a different shirt had I realized it was a V neck. It's okay. Still like it. Cool design. Photo of that on the blog, I'm sure, at emptychecking.blogspot.com. That time I know I said it right. Uh, Psychedelic First. A lot of fun live. I really enjoyed them. But let's face it. The reason I was there, the reason I would have been there, no matter who the opening act was, was for Squeeze. I love Squeeze. Somewhere in the past, I'm going to say decade, who knows, give take, uh, Squeeze has just become one of my favorite bands, one of my go-to sort of, you know, bright, poppy, fun bands, even though some of their lyrics do skew a little bit darker than you would think. Uh, I, I really like Squeeze. They're a, a huge amount of fun, and I've started collecting their uh, individual albums. I've had greatest hits for years, um, various greatest hits and live albums. You know, they had, like, the singles collection. I think it was called, like, 45s and Under or something like that. Uh, live album called Around and About. Uh, after the first time I saw Squeeze, they put out a, an album that was them in their current form redoing their old songs called Spot the Difference. So you could, you know, that sort of a in-joke, Spot the Difference between the old versions and the new, you know, that that kind of thing. 
Uh, but I've gone back and started collecting their other albums, including the weird ones that nobody in the States is that aware of, and uh, collected, of course, their more recent two albums that came out after I got into the band. It's nice that... Yeah, it's nice that a band like that is still doing new stuff, so the least I can do is buy it, you know? Um, but yeah, I've got a nice collection of Squeeze stuff, and I've started picking up their individual albums just to see, all right, well, what else were they doing on the uh, Argy Bargy album instead of uh, just pulling muscles from the shell and another nail in my heart, you know? Uh, what else is on that? Um, I realize I'm talking a lot about a band that like I, I'm assuming you know their songs, and you might not. the The one that you probably know that is their biggest hits in the state is in the states is a song called "Tempted," which is a uh, tempted by the fruit of another, tempted but the truth is discovered. What's been going on? You, if you know a song, it's that one. Um, if you know other songs, that's great. We should talk more about that, but. Really love Squeeze, and I uh, last year, you may remember on this very podcast, I talked about having seen uh, Glenn Tilbrook, the guitarist and primary singer of the band, saw him do a solo set down at Del Mar Hall with Dave again, and I talked about that on the show. You can find that in the archives if you want to, but got to see Squeeze again for the first time since 2008. I haven't seen Squeeze as a full band since 2008, so I was really excited about that. And, uh, yeah, last year when I saw Glenn, I just sort of fell back in love with them in a big, big way and started, you know, like, in a, got some of the, uh, obsession juices flowing, you know, and just started listening to their stuff a lot and, and picking up some of his solo stuff and, yeah, that kind of thing. And, uh, so it was kind of nice that Squeeze came back around and realized when I saw him at the time that, like, wow, he's a really good guitar player, you know? And then you see him with a full band, and you go, wow, he's a really good guitar player. <laughs> and they're finally leaning into that, because my brother pointed out to me when we saw them that uh, in, uh, through most of Squeeze's career, the important part was the blend of the band. So they've really only started putting Glenn's guitar out front in you know fairly recent years. And boy, am I glad they did. He's a really great guitar player. He does so many little things that people who aren't guitarists aren't going to understand. They're just genius. And uh, he's, he's fantastic. And their songs are fantastic as well. They just, they, it makes me so happy to listen to Squeeze. And it was really cool to see them as a, as a full band again and hear Chris Stefford singing low and singing <laughs> Cool for Cats and whatnot. Uh, just made me happy to see them. I, I, I don't know. And to watch... Uh, uh, Stephen Large on piano, just sort of putting on his own show for himself and anybody who happens to look over. Just lots of fun little gestures and little mannerisms that are just for him, like singing along with his own keyboard part as he's playing, you know, and and sort of uh, shooting uh, uh, weird judgmental looks at the roadie that's coming over to help him, you know, set his keyboard between songs, just sort of staring at the guy and judging him. And uh, doing cool little hand gestures and things. I, I, I don't know. I just had a lot of fun watching that band, as I have before as well. And I just, I, it's, they're always a treat. Their music is always a treat. Had a lot of fun watching Squeeze. I, 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 I don't even know what else to say about it. I just had a lot of fun watching this band that I really, really love do a show that was really, really good. And we all got to sing along to Tempted. Like, they just let the audience take it. They stopped singing, and we sang the chorus. And it it was just cool to hear that many people do that, and it was loud, 
And I, I don't know. It was just really, really cool, you know? And of course I got a squeeze shirt. I got the cool for cats shirt. How would I not get the cool for cats shirt? I'm a cat guy. And how would I not get the cool for cats shirt? That's not what that song's about, but it's fine. I, uh, I, 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 there was a shirt with a cat on it. I got that, you know? <laughs> and so pictures of that on the blog too, of course. So those are the shows that I've been to. And it, you know what? Not a hard turn to go from Ringo to Squeeze, you know, with the psychedelic furs in, kind of in the middle there. The psychedelic furs are actually the one that stick out a little bit, even though I had a lot of fun watching them and I want to see them again and I want to get more and more into their music. They were the one who was kind of one of these things is not like the other, you know, <laughs> but uh, still really loved them. And I, I really love the, the latest album, Made of Rain. Please do check that out. It's, it's really fantastic. Uh, yeah, had a lot of fun going to cool concerts. In, in recent days, days apart from each other. Saw a bunch of people I really respect and, and really had fun doing it. So uh, I don't know how many of you can say likewise. I don't know how many of you have been to a bunch, bunch of concerts recently or how much you respected the people that you saw. If you did, this has fallen apart on me. I, uh, I hope you've had a good week as well. I hope you had fun doing some cool stuff too because I had a lot of fun and I have the t-shirts to prove it and you can see pictures of those over at uh, emptychecking.blogspot.com. I've fallen so far It's so hard to be yourself when you don't know who you are I'm afraid I've lost my way I've got friends All right, I think that's going to kind of do it for us here this week, Checkmates. Thanks for hanging in there while I got a new episode together. I know this one's a little short, but like I said, I just kind of want to get my feet wet again and make sure everything's working. So uh, if you're hearing this, it means most things worked. I probably didn't listen to all of it because I'm under a time crunch, but uh, I at least confirmed everything worked and it seemed like it wasn't skipping major chunks of time as it had been before, etc., etc. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope you enjoyed this one. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking about stuff that I liked doing uh, and, and some stuff that I didn't like doing quite as much, like cutting up that damn tree branch. But uh, from which my back still hurts. Uh, but I, uh, I enjoyed talking to you. I always enjoy talking to you. Thanks so much for listening to me and making time to do so. Um, I don't know when we'll do another Fab 15. Need to get with Dave and talk about that. With the show having taken a slight hiatus there, it's kind of hard to you know, know exactly when we should. It feels like we're probably due for one, but I, it feels like it would also be just a little bit soon if you look at the playlist or whatever, you know? But, uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do one. <laughs> we'll do one. We'll do a f probably a couple or a few before the end of the year. But let's, let's say a couple. Let's say we'll do a couple before the end of the year. Uh, maybe we'll even do a top, uh, a, a, a Fab 15 albums of the year. Although that might not, that might not lend itself to a final list now that I'm thinking about it because... If you're doing a, a Fab 15 and, like, the other guy hasn't heard, like, six of your albums, it's sort of, well, all right, we've got you know, four in common. You know, I'll have to take your word on the ones that you think belong on there, you know. 
That might not be a final list. That might not be an episode. Maybe I'll just do my own list. Who knows? Well, uh, Dave and I will talk about that, and I'll get back to you. Probably. Or I'll forget entirely. That seems... That seems a lot more likely, doesn't it? Seems like I'm gonna forget. I forget a lot of stuff. Uh, nothing else really to add for you. I went to Target today and bought bowls and underwear. No real reason to review any of that. Just needed a couple of bowls and underwear. Not, uh, not for the same thing. That's, that's, those, those aren't related purchases. They just are both sold at Target. So, I bought them both. Other than that, it's just me and the cats hanging out, having a good time. Those are the two sweetest boys in the whole damn world, and uh, you better respect the hell out of them, because they have earned it. Uh, so John Cohen McGuire say hi, basically, is all I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm sure hi back to them from you. Boys, the checkmates say hi. They don't care. They're cats. What are you going to do? Thanks so much for listening, checkmates. Really appreciate you. I'll be back with you again just as soon as I can be. That's a lie. I'll be back with you again probably within about a week. That's not as soon as I can be, but it's it's reasonable. You know, unless something happens, the software fails again, or I die, or something like that. Then uh, otherwise I'll be back with you. Relatively soon. In an appropriate amount of time for both of us. Please remember to do whatever it is that keeps you happy, healthy, and safe. Please remember that black lives matter, that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and that I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And checkmates, please be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. All we are saying is argy-bargy.